Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. See, I find, right, happiness is underestimated. There's so many people on this planet who are unhappy and it's seen as selfish if you put yourself first, as if we're supposed to put everyone else first, if you're not, you know, doing what you're doing. Um, Yeah, so happiness is a massive thing in life and yet no one is happy. I've checked out some of your your stuff, right, and you seem a really happy person and I'm a happy person where I always do what makes me happy and people used to say to me, are you so selfish just doing that? And that's because they're unhappy and they want to be happy and they look at you and they they don't like the fact that you are happy when they are not. So tell me why you think happiness is literally the number one thing on the planet. Otherwise, what's the point of living? All right. Some broad sweeping statements out there. Um, firstly, I'm not sure everyone is unhappy. I think that when you are someone that's preaching happiness, you have to believe that. Otherwise, you kind of don't have a demographic of who you're speaking to. But I think maybe happiness needs to be redefined in terms of, you know, does happiness look the same for everyone? And yeah, it's an emotion. But since there's such an emphasis today on like being successful and being extraordinary, it's like the ordinary is seen as sad. But I believe that the ordinary, the simple, is where true happiness sort of comes from. And when I, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty happy and it is because I believe this life is like primarily just for you. Like first and foremost, the reality was going inside of your mind. Only you are witnessing that and that is your life. Who cares about what your external elements are? And so you have to be selfish in that regard. And I think that's when and I don't think that selfishness has to be so extrovertly shown, though. You know, like the decisions you make, the choices you make, the, the rituals you have, whether or not it's like smudging yourself in sage or putting crystals over your body or training or whatever, it's the mindset you have when you're doing those practices. Because you can be doing all the shit, but if your mindset is fucked, then it does. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, so you fucking what? <laughs> Because if you're doing all the things, but your mindset is still toxic because you're doing it for the approval of your environment or community, then it doesn't really matter what you're doing. So, yeah, be selfish, but I don't think that needs to reflect, like, maybe selfish practices, you know? Like, it can still be selfish, but just in the perspective you have inside your mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, like, if you were at a friend's house and you were having a barbecue... Um, being selfish would be like putting all 10 burgers on your plate and everyone else is like well where's my burger I didn't get any that's selfish right and that's seen as a bad thing whereas selfish like just doing what makes you happy for example if everyone is going to the beach you'd have loads of people sort of going that way towards there and you're like well I want to sit over there by the rocks and the trees and so you're over there by yourself and everyone's all over here and your parents are like don't be selfish come and stay with us I'm like no but I want to be over there by the trees and the rocks that's not selfish that's making me happy and if I'm there I'm not happy now if you're there and you're happy fantastic if you're there and you're not happy 
find happiness don't just go there because everyone else is there so that's selfish because you're putting you first but you're not affecting everyone else that's called selfish to become selfless where you feel so good and you've given yourself enough that you can now give to other people whereas people these days they give to others first before they've got enough of themselves and then they try and grab something at the nearest opportunity and they often take it away from somebody rather than just letting everyone else have their food, for example, and you taking what you want and being aware of they haven't got theirs. So, yeah, it's a different form of selfishness. And it's it's the opposite. It's, conf it's confused as a bad thing. It's not. It's a good thing. If you, yeah. if you understand the difference between just grabbing someone else's stuff as opposed to taking what you, are, you want and then just allowing others to have theirs too. I agree 100%. I love what you said, selfish and selfless. Because I think... People get so hung up on maybe one term that you forget that it's like a holistic approach. Like, yes, be selfish, but also be tolerant, be compassionate, be all these other things. And if your selfishness doesn't include those, then you're just kind of being a selfish prick. And it's like, no, it's not just like tunnel vision. I'm being selfish because I need to be happy. It's like a holistic approach. Totally. Yeah, like on a Friday night, me and my family, we always have a takeaway in Indian, like biryani and stuff and poppadoms and potato and shit. And... If my parents are paying and they are treating me, I will let them go and take their portions first and I'll just have what's left. And I won't really care about quantity or you've got three bits of chicken and I only got, you know, two, for example. It's not about that. OK, it's about just serving. And, and when I serve others, I'm serving my parents and they for them to take what they want and enjoy having enough. And I'll have what's left. Whereas if I have an Indian by myself and my back comes home and says, oh, can I have some? And I go, no. He goes, let me selfish. I'm like, well, no, that's not selfish because I got this for me when you weren't here so I can have everything I want. On a Friday when you're here with mum and you are eating, I allow you to take whatever you want and I don't care about portion size. So it's called selfish if I'm not allowing you to get what you want. But it's not about that. It's not about you getting what you want. It's I got this for me. And it's mine. It's not selfish. If you were to have it for you, I would respect the fact that you might want this to yourself. And I'd say, if there's any left, let me have some. But I'm not going to call you selfish if you don't give me some. It's like when you say someone's obsessed. If you say, can you do something? And they, no, hang on a sec. It's like when you call someone obsessed, if they, for example, my mum, she always has to check the front door when we go on a walk. And I'm like, don't be so obsessed. She's like, I'm not obsessed. I'm just making sure the house is locked because I don't want any burglars coming in. So you change the mindset. It seems like a negative thing, whereas it's not. It's just being secure. And if you've got, you know, dogs and pets inside or a child, then you'd soon have a go at somebody for not checking the door if something happened to them. So it's not you're obsessed. Don't check it again. It's just being secure. So there's two ways of looking at it. And again, it's all to do with the perception of the person, how they are perceiving you often putting yourself first and others like to because others, are, I find, always giving for the approval or the reaction they're unhappy and they say when and they when they see you not putting them first they see you're selfish because they're always giving but they're unhappy so they're not giving them selves enough first like I give so much that I don't care about anything because I have enough myself and that's the secret selfishness but and then you become selfless you have enough you've got so much you've eaten so much fill up just give it all away but like I think you say secure, but I also feel like responsible, you know? You can oh, be yeah. being selfless, but doing it in a responsible way where, okay, if I give you my food, even though it wasn't for you because I feel like I should, 
then you're weak, you're not nourished, and you're not being responsible for yourself primarily. And like checking the door twice, it could be obsessed with just like being responsible to something outside of yourself for you to feel secure and safe. Yeah. Yeah, end of the day, right? I think if I'm a, I don't want kids, but if I had kids, for example, would I check the door twice as opposed to leaving it unlocked that one time and then something happens to them? I would think that's just being sensible, smart, responsible and adult-like. And so you, your parents always say you'll understand when you're older. It's like, mum, let me go to the party, for example. And she's always checking up and saying, is any of the parents there, you know, what time are you back? And they're like, oh, you'll understand when you have kids. And as I'm getting older, I can understand that, you know, I don't want kids, but if I had kids, I'd understand. And so now it's checking the door. It's just it's simply being responsible because you've got valuables in the house. You've got a dog. You've got young children. It's not obsessed. It's obsessed when I want to go to the party quickly and you keep fucking checking that door if it's locked. That's me calling you obsessed is because I want you to hurry the fuck up. But that's not obsessed. It's just you are looking after your house, which you work hard to pay. And I'm in a bloody rush to get to the party, for example. So you can't just spew out negative energy on somebody just because they're not in harmony with you. You're not selfish if you're not giving me half your, your hot dog. It's like, if you want a hot dog, go and get one. I got this hot dog for me. I'm not selfish. If I've eaten enough and I give you to it, tuck in. I don't give a shit, you know? But yeah. <laughs> you don't want kids. No. Sorry, I don't mean to hone in on that, but it's like very interesting how many people I meet and like my age demographic that just... It's such a clear, nope, not on the table, like not even one day. It's just like, no, I don't want kids. And it's kind of like refreshing and new. It's a new thing. Um, so, yeah, like, I think that the world isn't like our parents' days and our grandparents' days where you just go to work, have a lovely little family, cook dinner and come home, and then it's all happy families. It's just so much. It's just so much. It's almost like it's like when you run over a pigeon, the feathers are all over the place and there's always a feather to pick up. It's just, you've got like, for example, pressures at school, social media, global warming, the fact that everything costs so much money. Um, not, there's too many humans on the planet. You know, it's just, there's just so much. You've got to decide if you're gay or lesbian, if you're trans, it's, there's just jobs. There's not enough jobs, but there's so many jobs. And then it's like, it's just it's just so complicated and then you need to parent your children by telling them what to do but you can't tell somebody what to do they've got to learn themselves so they're either a loose cannon and don't have any response don't have any like parenting authoritiveness or you control them too much and give them such a strict upbringing they repel against you so it's like what do you do um and you know it's just yeah and things like flu for example if antibiotics if we become prone to antibiotics and for example, there's viruses like, you know, the coronavirus example, what are you going to do? There's so many factors. There's like flooding and temperature changing, which causes, it's just, it's just so much. And then there's diet. We're eating shit. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not drinking. We're angry. We've got anxiety. We're depressed. How are you supposed to bring up a kid if you've got your own problems yourself? Just I haven't got any problems myself, but people our age, for example, they'll grow up, say, with issues they've not dealt with. And your kid's automatically going to have those issues. So you're now feeding, it's like you're purposely coughing on somebody, they're getting a flu. It's just so complicated. It's like everything's gone, like evolution has gone up where you just sort of learn and adapt and evolve. And now it's going down, technology and like robots and no one's communicating and everyone's on their phone and no one's, they're just angry. It's just, you've reached top of the mountain. Um, and it's just not, I know the pressures I felt at school. And I was just at the very end before phones thinking about pressures. If I had a child, for example, what he would have to feel 
was awful. If I taught him the stuff that I knew about enlightenment, energy, and all that type of shit, he'd become an elite human against all of his peers. That's not fair for him because he's not going to fit in like I didn't, right? Because he knows all this knowledge about forgiveness and love and love yourself. And he's called cocky and arrogant if he loves himself. You know, it's just the pressure. And if I don't teach him this, then he's going to be lost like most children are. Um, so it's like, well, I could have taught him this. So it's just like, you're damned if you don't. And, you know, it's just not how it was. Happy families of just having a little family. And it's just not, it's fairy tale. As much as I'd love it, it's just not realistic in this modern world. You got the same perspective? I said interesting. No, I don't have the same perspective. I think, um, you know, for everyone that I'm going to use the saying, like, woke, and we are kind of on this spiritual path of, like, whatever, we think there's a higher calling and divinity, truth, oneness, source, whatever. You know, all of us, we seem to, like, see through the bullshit and realize it's not necessary for more humans and to sort of fix what we already have. But for every one of us, there's two others that are procreating and they are making, for lack of a better word, ignorant humans that they don't have the knowledge to pass down to them. So their army is kind of getting bigger. Well, our army, and not to use like war terms, but whatever, our army is kind of just staying neutral. And so when I think, I believe the same reasons for you like to not procreate. But then if I think, shit, if there is maybe like one more of me and someone living with my morals and values and if all my friends did the same thing then they're no longer the odd one out in this class they're now it's equal and now they're educating them and instead of us feeling like we have to fix everything and like rewire these humans that have been brought up in a certain way you can sort of start from source and source being the child and you know their influence on other children just being very pure and organic and then it's not so much like a combat, it's almost, or a combat. It's like you've infiltrated the system, and now you're working from the inside out. And I don't think it has to be as as scary or as like you know. As long as you're teaching truth, truth is truth, regardless of the proof. So if people agree or don't agree, you're never doing wrong if you're teaching love, which I think is the most honest expression of truth. And if you're always teaching from love. Whatever people rebel against, that's their own ignorance, and they can choose to agree or not. But the reality is, is like that is, that is truth, and that's how the earth will heal by having conversations that are based around love, by having conversations that are based on optimism, and not seeing everyone as angry and, you know, ignorant, but people that are desperately seeking information and to have those resources available, and to know you don't have to be the only one. There's there's so many people out there that really want to contribute and they don't see the future as scary and incurable. It's like a hopeful place where your children would actually thrive and like create a better tomorrow, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah, obviously there is many, many factors, but I've only been free and happy for six years. So up until 21, <clears throat> so I had, I had Tourette's my whole life, right, since I was five until... 12 for one a medication for Tourette's right and then I came off the medication at 21 when I was enlightened so I came off the medication I could think clearly I learned all this energy law of attraction power of the mind and I saw the whole world as he actually is so my whole life I've all I've ever known is in my head thinking inside my head questioning working things out speaking to the voice in my head my whole life right so at 21 this voice went I had no questions no thoughts it a meditative mindset for the first time 
I find that most people who have kids, for example, they've just lived their normal life. They go to school, they they have fun, they have parties, they have they're very connected with loads of people, right? And so it's now the next stage is everyone gets a house, they get a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and they have kids. For me, I was always trying to set myself free to understand things like there's more, like surely, like there's more to life. And I just worked that out at 21. I'm 27 right now, and I'm only just getting my career. I've never had money because I've always been on this path of trying to work out fucking what is there. There's more to life and just get a job and get a family. So I'm living at home at 27, but I, my life hasn't even begun. I say this. My friends' life have ended. When I mean by ended, I mean they've got the partner, they've got the dog, they've got the mortgage, and they've got the kids. It's ended. Like, that's that's the high. It's only going to get worse and divorce and problems and reality of life, right? My life hasn't even begun. So I want to travel the world and 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 preach and heal people and and teach my wisdom and knowledge about happiness and gaining control of yourself and freeing yourself because I was trapped. I haven't even begun. So if I was going to have kids, I'll be like 60 years old if I was going to have kids because I've got so much. I'm literally well, I'm literally 16. I'm 27, but I'm 16 in terms of a 16 year old leaves school. They get a job, they get a girlfriend, they move out at 18 and they have a family. And, you know, I haven't even begun. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I can't have kids, because I've just been free for six years. I've never had money. Right. So I don't I haven't even begun my life. Right. So I've got so much I need to do. Go out there and just like share wisdom and knowledge and heal people, because I know people will say to me, like, you know, I changed the life of my knowledge. Like I say certain things that they are looking for and they say oh it's always meant to be we're meant to have this podcast and stuff i literally heal people on a podcast and i give them answers and i'm like wow there's so much like one person's changed their life because what i'm saying i can now change the whole world not literally the whole world but go on stage and tell my story to so many people i can't have kids why would i have one kid tell that one kid when i could tell twenty thousand people on stage so yeah i do agree sharing the wisdom and you say you know have a kid and then they can change the world whatever i'm like well fuck the one kid why don't I just teach 20,000 people like my kids are everyone anyone who I connect with they're my kid like you're my kid the people on stage are my kid my mum's my kid anyone you teach knowledge to is your kid you're essentially passing down your wisdom to the next generation so we're all children of the earth for example I don't need one kid I'll just travel the world and tell millions of people and then they can tell everyone else you know it's like why have one kid we can have a million no responsibility given back afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that perspective a lot. Hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's not that I'm selfish. It's just I understand that there's a there's a bigger picture than just your usual get a job, have kids, have a family. Like there's so much more. Yeah, Christmases, the grandchildren, all the cousins. I I never really had that, if I'm honest, because my family were always around the world. So again, I've not really had that, but I know what it's like to have that, and I do enjoy it. But after Christmas, you've got the whole rest of the year, your whole rest of your year. So it's like, well. I'm not going to just have a little family because once a year we have a little get together. No, there's more. You can travel the world, meet loads of amazing people, animals, just like go to farms and, you know, it's just, just so much more to life. And obviously when you're woke, it's easier said than done, like saying all this stuff. And when you're not and you all you have around you is debt and disease and problems and our arguments and road rage, that's all you ever know. Um, but yes, my, my job is to help people who are on that path. 
agree with that. I, I used to have a very similar perspective when it came to to teaching and just thinking, you know, yeah, I could why well, have a kid or like I don't need to have kids because I have my students and there's someone that I get to empower every day. And I don't know if this is like a woman thing or just like I'm going to be 30 this year. But I think there comes a point in the road of personal development where there's some lessons that you simply can't learn on your own. And whether that means like in a partnership or in a community or with um, a child, there's like some depths when it comes to certain, um, like certain ways of being, certain ways of knowing. There's some things that you just don't know unless it's, unless it's through like a relationship with something else. And I think with a kid, there's a different layer of selflessness that comes that you just really would never understand until you're part of that dynamic. And same with a partner, there's a new layer of consideration that you have to have when you're in a relationship. And when you've been, like I've been doing personal development stuff for so long, it's not that I've plateaued, it's just as I find myself trying to seek ways to go deeper, the work is no longer so much within. It's now like, how do I keep this work going with other dynamics, other relationships, whether it's in a relationship where I'm starting to see like children as being a way to like really understand the human experience in a different layer, different level, different avenues, you know? So it's just an idea I'm sort of like thinking about more because I never used to think about it. And now I can just feel like maybe this is where the next lesson comes from. When you've, when you've done all the journeys, like the medicine journeys, the, the vision quests, the fasting for days, like whatever suffering you want to put yourself through so you can understand, I think there's some things you just don't learn until, until you're a parent or until you're a partner. And, yeah. So and yeah, like- Different ways of living your life also. I, I agree. I, I can agree with that because obviously the purpose in life is to reproduce and give yourself to somebody else. It gives themselves to somebody else. That is the cycle. And, you know, I, I look at like society and why we have kids. It's not, oh, we have sex and then this thing came out. Now we have to give it food, otherwise it will die. We choose to have children. So it's not just nature anymore. It's nurture. And if you look at life, we're on this planet for, say, 80 years. What do you do? Okay, you go for walks, you go to the gym, you meet friends, you watch TV. Like, what else is there to do? There's any certain amount of things we can do. It's like, then what? Whereas if you have a kid, for 20 years or whatever, there's always something new to do. You're always in motion. You're always moving and thinking about something. Um, it's like, if you don't know how to make a business, just start doing something and you'll be like, I'm to doing it rather than sitting down waiting for this idea or how am I going to get that to happen how am I going to get this you just get in flow and I find that for example looking at my mum and how much work and stress and time she had to do just for me and then it's just constant movement it's almost like you have a kid you just constantly keep going otherwise the chick dies for example like mother chick just gets the worm and brings it back and doesn't realize how much energy she's using until 20 years later the chick moves out and it's like, fuck me, where did 20 years go? I'm drained. Um, so I think that people just want something to do. They want a purpose and they want this appreciation and uh, gratitude and, and like reaction that, for example, they aren't getting from themselves. So, for example, you might have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend to get that reaction. So you give love, you get it back. Your parents 
gave it to you. So you gave your mum a present and she says, thank you. We want that reaction. So you have a partner. You surprise them on a day out for a restaurant, for example. Oh, thank you. And then you give it to your kids. Thank you. It's this constant like giving and receiving, giving and receiving, whether it's a kid, an animal, a partner or a parent. It's, it's this thing about giving out. And you know how everything becomes Every, you get used to anything. If you eat food, you get used to it. It's not nice anymore. If you have sex, you get bored of sex. If you have a big house, it's just boring. Everything becomes the same, like drugs. You get used to it. You could say you give, it's only a certain amount you can give to your parents before it's just, oh, thank you. And then you give it to your husband or wife, thank you. And then the kid. But the kid is solely your responsibility. So that's 20 years of giving and receiving. Whereas a partner, it's like, well, they can sort of get anyone. And it's not the same. They don't need it from the partner. They can get it from colleagues, boss, friends or whatever. Whereas a kid, it's solely you. So that reaction will come back every single time. And that kid needs you more and more every single time, especially as you get older and they're sort of becoming independent. Whereas a partner, there's always plenty more women out there and blokes out there. So it's not the same. You don't really need that reaction. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Well, I have a question for you then would you do you think your mother maybe should like for her happiness and if you were to like have the ultimate act of selfless that having children would have been more peaceful for her she would have had a more peaceful life so i i I say like this like are you willing to give up your existence for your mom's peace would I? Like Would I'm you? so I'm a believer in you can only learn from the past to move forward. You can't make up like hypothetical examples to go forward. Um, would I kill myself for mum's happiness? If she wasn't happy, I would find out why she was unhappy and make her happy. If she was happy, then no. But what's interesting is is that I taught my mum the enlightenment woke journey i spent a year of my life teaching her everything why she was unhappy this need for was it a, her partner was it a kid she was still unhappy and it was about she wasn't happy within didn't have that self-confidence within so for a year i taught her every bit of knowledge in the book you could know about enlightenment self-awareness all the law of attraction power of the mind where she is so happy now so happy happy she's been since she was 16 before me so what is that the kids made her unhappy no what happens is is when you have kids all your time goes to the kids and so you stop giving as much love and attention to your partner so my dad and my mum they were always like soulmates but the more time they gave to me the less time they gave to each other so you start to hate each other because the love stops you don't hate them but you hate the fact that the love we had before kids isn't there so you start to argue and you start to compete and then you're in a mood and then it's just it gets worse and I saw that when I was enlightened at 21, when I came off my meds, they tried to get put me back on the meds because they've all followed the traditional system of problem medicine. And I was like, no, I'm woke for the first time. I see everything clearly. I see your happiness. I see why you're happy. And I spent a year healing my dad, all the problems I addressed, healing my mum, and then I healed them together. So first of all, it's enlightened my dad, enlightened my mum, and I had to then fix their marriage and heal them. And, and address all the problems. I became their therapist, their counsellor. So all the things they never spoke about 
to each other, I made them address issues. So if the toilet seat was left up, I'd say, why would you leave it up? And make them understand the issues and, you know, the toothpaste. I had to make them address every single issue. And every time they argued, I went downstairs and I said, look, why the fuck are we arguing? Tell me what the problem. He did this, she did that. He's not supposed to do that. You're not his fucking mother. Why can't you do it? Why should he do it? You don't fuck your mother, do you? So why would he do it? And you address all these issues and make them face the problems. And then now there isn't any problem. Now they're laughing, they're happy, they're getting along. It's just, I'm looking at some work. I feel like I've been painting for an art piece for three years. And I'm looking at my art piece. I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. I'm seeing my parents get on so amazingly well. And my whole life, I've only ever known them to argue. I've only ever known them to argue. I've never seen them kiss and cuddle. Once I saw them kiss. Okay. My mum could never show emotion, never allow my father to love her because she was unhappy. She never knew why she wasn't happy. So now they're just, they're getting along, they're having a laugh. Never seen it in my life. And that's because of me. And I take all the credit. Hence why I'm 27, still living at home because I had more important things to do than to create a career. If my parents were divorced and I had loads of money, I wouldn't be happy. I would have regretted my whole fucking life that I didn't do anything about it. I did something about it. And now I can go and create my career. That's wow. Wow. See, all my friends have mortgages and dogs and house and kids and shit like that. I'm living at home, but they've not got the family I had and the parents and the love that I had. My upbringing, I had every single thing I could have from parents. They gave me everything. And that was my, that was me giving back to them. What would be the point of having this family, giving everything and then losing it? What would be the fucking point? There wouldn't be a point. So I had to have, I just had to go back and address. Well, it's like what we were saying earlier, the simplicity of happiness, you know, somewhat that might have been selfish for you because you wanted like a happy home and life. And to do that, you had to step outside of yourself and make some external changes so that your internal happiness sat right and holistically and full. I mean, you could have been selfish the other way and been like, yeah, I do just want the business and left everything behind. But that would have been selfish and not selfless. And you really practice selflessness that's a very beautiful story it's very three years i'm talking and three years of mentorship constant preaching and teaching like every time oliver stop going on we stop stop going on you said that i had to keep repeating the same thing like until till they fucking got it right and until my mum started to say the same things back to me so she would say things back to me um like i would say you know just just certain things I would say that she would say back to me. And it was like, yes, it's kicking in. And, I, you know, I, I went into the loft and I binned everything. Just 20 years of stuff just in the loft. I binned it all because it was holding you back. You're putting aside that stuff because you've got other stuff to deal with and you never deal with it because the problem's within you. So it just goes in the loft. And 20 years later, it never got dealt with because you were dealing, trying to find yourself, right? And so, yeah, I had to bin everything in the loft. I, I worked for a year and like 10 grand went on my parents to buy the stuff they wanted because obviously the money went to me and my sister. So then I worked and was getting my mum new pillows, new lampshades, new furniture, new paint, new garden stuff, all the things that made her unhappy, which she couldn't get. I then had to buy these stuff for her to make her happy until she'd realised that the happiness isn't in materialistic stuff. It's not in the bag, not in the plant, not in the pillow, not in the shoes, not in the new kettle because I got you all this shit. And you're still not happy. And what's interesting is, is that she always used to make my dad paint the walls every fucking three months, always painting another wall, always chopping and changing. And it was like, 
there's a bigger problem here. What is that symbolizing? It's symbolizing you want change, but it's not in the walls, it's within. And so I got all the paint done. My dad did all the painting and no word of a lie, we've not painted the house for five, six years. And every single year, it was paint the bathroom, paint the toilets, paint the living room. It was change she wanted, but it wasn't on the outside, it was within. Painting hasn't been done for five years. It's amazing. At least she's fucking amazing. <laughs> no more painting. Because well, literally, it's just no, no painting for five years. It's just fucking incredible. Incredible. It is. Yeah. Wow. And then like, you could choose to get annoyed at my dad because he wasn't painting quick enough or he was always busy so he couldn't get it done and so she starts to get annoyed at him more and then the mood starts kicking in and then it's a vicious circle my dad starts avoiding her to doesn't want to be nagged like when are you going to paint and it's just it's, it's just you're running in the opposite direction and and, and I, the problem was within each other so yeah that is it's quite funny when you think about it what was that been painted in six years and yet every three months there was a new wall being painted but the problem was within she found herself could give a fuck about anything else now. She's got my dad back, which is what she was wanted. Mm. All thanks to me. All thanks to <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you're right. The selfless thing. It's the selfish thing. Is it selfish if I didn't? It's selfish if I did. I'm trying to control their life, which I did. I took physical and mental control of them. Okay. Is that is that selfish? Well, who who am I to control people? Well, it's not like I'm locking them in the cupboard and saying, you know, you're going to do this or that. No, that's that's bad control. This is good control. Ultimately, when I was binning stuff, I created so many arguments like you've binned my stuff, la la la. Yeah, and and it was it was hell and it was war and it was like, why are you doing this to us? You're destroying the family. And it's like an exorcism. What is an exorcism? It's where the pre the priest makes you face your demons and you're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. So it's like, wow, you're, you're, what are you doing to her? You're fucking like, you're, she's stressed. Look at her. Ah! Like, stop doing that. But the priest just keeps reading the Bible, reading the thing, and it just releases and it's gone. So you have to go through hell to get to heaven. It gets worse before it gets better. I had to go through all like, the abuse and you're tearing the family apart. And obviously that was horrible seeing them say that to me. But I knew I just had to get through it. It's not about now. It's where I'm going. It's the destination. It's not what's here. It's why I'm doing this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was selfish, but I knew I could do it because I was made up of them. So the problems I had was because of their problems, because it just gets transferred. It's like, I don't believe in there's such thing as disease. So if my grandfather had heart disease, it's because of the lifestyle, the cult, the things he was eating and drinking. It's not hereditary. But if I'm expecting to get it, then I'm going to eat the same stuff that his parents taught him to eat. And I'm going to eat the same shit. Right. Whereas I knew that my problems were because of them and I healed all my problems. I healed Tourette's, which apparently was never healable, been on tablets for 10 years. But then I came off the tablets and I could think freely. The twitching was based on brain activity. I came off the medication. I now have brain activity, the process, 15 years worth of thoughts. And then there was no thoughts. So I knew that I could heal these problems, which I got from them, which was just internal brain activity and unhappiness, which causes stress. And I could heal them. And that's how I knew I could. Do you remember when the first thought came to you where you said, I want to get off these meds? So I ha I was always, I've always um, like done my own business and online stuff, made websites and apps and stuff like that, right? Um, and I remember just being on my computer all night, 
from literally eight in the afternoon, eight in the evening to like five in the morning when I used to be, my mum used to be getting up and I used to be going to bed, right? And my neck and my posture and my wrists were just fucked from the computer. And I wanted to have a chiropractor for Christmas because of my, my posture. I became aware about how this is having an impact on my wrists and stuff. So I said, mum, I want to get a chiropractor because my posture went to the chiropractor. He said that his cousin had Tourette's and the, and the medication made him twitch. And I was like, hang on a sec. How is that possible? Because my medication is supposed to make me not twitch. And then I had to analyze and obsess over what he said. How can his cousin take those medication and it makes him twitch when mine is supposed to make me not twitch? And then I went on a massive journey. I literally went on a journey. From that point, I fed in love. And it was like, how did this person happen? Like, she's exactly the same as me. And then I started to speak to my grandma's ghost that wasn't there because I was lost and I needed someone else other than my parents because they didn't have the answers I needed. So really, the grandma's spirit was just me speaking to my own voice. And I thought it was her because I started to believe in ghosts at that point. So it all fitted in. And obviously, speaking to your own voice is awareness rather than following. And then I just, uh, yeah, the person I fell in love with spoke about the Illuminati on YouTube, about how these people at the top controlling everything. And I started to dive into the Illuminati and like all these powerful elite people sort of trying to take over the world. And I was like, oh my God, the Queen and Richard Branson and Steve Jobs are trying to control everyone. And then I saw the opposite side to it, which is Oprah Winfrey and Will Smith. You're just becoming aware and creating your life. And through that, you make money and then you buy more things to make money. And it was like, right, so they're not trying to control everyone. They're not all all at a table thinking, right, how can we take over the world? They're individual people who are successful sharing the same thing. And I went from the Illuminati, the devil, to enlightened, woke people, aware. And then that was when I start Bob Rock to the secret law of attraction. And I came up and they're speaking about how medicine... um, is a temporary solution to the problem. And I thought, fuck this. And I came off it overnight. Bearing in mind, you shouldn't come off medication like that overnight. I just came off it. And my parents started to make me take it again. And I had to pretend I was taking it so, so they'd be happy just so my brain could get off it long enough. And I was listening to all these videos during the night, all through the night, every single day. Law of Attraction, Power of the Mind, Quantum Physics, Enlightenment, Spiritual, all these people saying the same story that I went through. Kanye West, Jim Carrey, Eminem, right? All these woke people who seem crazy, but they're not, okay? Like Rihanna, Eminem, I'm friend with the monster and under my bed. Get along with the voices that's inside of my head. You think I'm crazy, but that's not fair. All these songs made sense and all these artists all preaching the same fucking thing. Um, so to your answer, what's your question? What's the question? At what point were you like, fuck these meds? Like, when did that point come? But I guess it was when you were seeing your chiropractor and he sort of lit the lit the fuse. Oh, yeah. So it's just when I was listening to more and more and more and more and more of these videos on autoplay on YouTube that I realized this is the problem. I'm suppressing issues in my head. And that's when I came off it. And then I'd been off it for three weeks. I thought about all the stuff I needed to think about because all these YouTube videos were saying the stuff I was trying to always work out my whole life, that I was in a meditative mindset for the first time in my whole life for months and months and months because I was I could think clearly. And my, I had so much brain power, I could turn on my Mac, I could make lights flicker, I could make my TV click, I could think about people and I would see them. I could tell when my parents were going to call me and I'd say, look, they're going to call me. I could predict the roulette and I went to the casino and it would come in. I became so in tune for the first time ever that I became fucking God, literally. And, and then I realised, fuck, 
I wanted to get to America to teach my story and look to my parents. And I was like, I can't leave them like this. They're going to be divorced when I come back. And then that's when I had to shut down my entrepreneurial brain of ideas because I realized, well, I can't do anything with it. I shut it all down. Year my dad, year my mum, year together. And then I was like, now I get my get, get a job for the first time because I'd always work with myself. I had my part-time job for a year and I didn't realize what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, what do I do? All the websites I did like four years ago, everyone's done them now. Like, I thought about Facebook and Instagram before they did. I thought about the Alexa before they did. And, you know, I would have done all this if I had people and money, but I'd have shut it all down. So now everything's all online. China's doing everything. It was like, what do I do? And one thing I've always wanted to do is be me and talk and help and get reaction. Because I've always been about, you know, reaction for my mum. Always doing something to get reaction, piss her off, make her laugh, whatever. So, again, and then I suddenly thought about podcasts and then just uh, just heal the world through experience. Unlike most people, they just tell their story of what they learned on YouTube. I have an experience. Yeah. Human experience, yeah. I think storytelling is a lost art and especially like the way storytelling used to be done when it really painted a picture and people would go into a meditative state where it really was an experience. You weren't just listening. You weren't just hearing words and sounds. You were having the experience that when you came out of it, it was like that that ingrained emotion was now in you. And that storytelling, I think uh, it's, it's the most potent way to teach, you know, true storytelling or like conversation, I I feel the same way as you. I love um, just like expressing being myself and seeing what organic reactions come out of people. I love hosting like panels and interviewing people. I find I learn more about myself when I'm the one asking the questions. I Absolutely, just, yeah. It's an interesting seat to be in because you always think like, oh, I'm the one that needs to be interviewed or whatever so I can like share what I have but it's when you hear the responses it's like a very it's it's powerful yeah that's the thing right people don't speak about themselves because it's seen as oh you're you're so full of yourself right so people learn to just not speak like when you go down a pub you like no one really has a true conversation for an hour like this is why I'm doing this it's an hour conversation not planned just two humans speaking if you go down a pub go to a bus stop you meet somebody you don't know you don't know you're going to meet them so you don't know what you're going to speak about and then you just have a chat for 15 minutes and you get the bus and that feels amazing and these days people when you go places they always say so what have you been up to how's work how's family did you uh did you end up getting that job bollocks who gives a f why is that that's just bollocks who gives a shit like waste of time waste of conversation it's not serving you a purpose or me what is serving a purpose which no one really does anymore because it's seen as oh she does go on about herself yeah if you're just speaking about yourself and not asking them to speak about themselves or you're not allowing them to speak like this flow where i speak then you speak yeah no one's going to listen if i was just speaking for the hour you wouldn't want to listen it's about and you speak but speaking about me and myself and then allowing you to speak about you and yourself the only time we individually speak about ourselves is to our own head right because no one's got the time to listen to you waffle on about your thoughts but that's the beauty 
people heal by speaking i have healed my issues by speaking to people like random people i just speak and i heal and i learn something i and i cry and i the only way we heal is by processing emotion through communication and if it's in your head it keeps going around it has to go out no one's got the time to listen to anyone um so yeah what you're saying is true speaking just speaking is an art and you learn so much about the individual self when you speak because how often do you speak for more than two minutes when someone's actually listening to you and they've not switched off or they've not looked at their phone or they've not got a go so true i mean i think well one thing people don't speak because they there's so much ridicule now it's like oh well you said this and you're like bound to your words yes where when i have conversations with people i really encourage them to like not think about what they're about to say say it put it out into the universe and then how much do you resonate with what you said because sometimes we have those thoughts going around in our head and when you actually put words to it you're like oh no no that's actually not that doesn't that's not how i feel and so they try again it's like no like it doesn't feel that way either and they keep saying words until it's like ah yes i feel this way but when you're not doing that process and you're just letting it run around in your head. You're burning all of this fuel that should be used towards like mono thinking, which I think is like an exercise, a practice that humans just don't have anymore. Our brains are constantly multitasking because we're not expressing each feeling. We're not doing immediate transparency when we're having communication. We're always thinking like, oh, I should think about this and see how I feel. And yeah, that's true. Sometimes you should, don't be reactive, be responsive, but that still has to come out somewhere, somehow, like a journal, sing to yourself, do something where it's coming out of your body so that when you are responding, you've done all the grunt work and now you can be super articulative with your conversations instead of like, oh yeah, I thought about it. Like, don't think about anything for a day, that's worse. Like, that's the worst thing you can do. Have the conversation immediately instead of thinking about it for a day. Because you're just filling yourself with more abstract words that you can't process. And it's like, you're going to drown. Drown in your own thoughts looking for wisdom. It's <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I remember growing up, I would play out situations of how I wanted them to play out. Or how they how I wanted, what I should have said, would have said, or I'm literally next to somebody, and rather than saying what I'm thinking, I'm sort of going through five things to say, choosing the best one, and then the conversation moves on. I literally, it'd almost be like having five managers, which I had to consult before I took any action, right? So you got five managers, you have to go to each one before you do this. That was my voice in my head. So many people, they, they spend like 80% of the time in their head rather than just speaking, right? And I found that when I just spoke my thoughts, I had no brain activity because the, if you don't speak, the energy isn't released and therefore it just goes around in your head. And there's something powerful about releasing sound energy, which takes energy, which means you sleep better because you've now, when you speak, my whole body is vibrating. That is energy. And your brain is using certain amounts of energy when you speak out loud because you're using the throat muscles, the eye muscles and everything, which means you've used more brain activity, you're tired. Whereas if you're just lying down like this in your head, it's just going round and round in circles. So it's not going anywhere. You're not, but, but, but the neurons are firing up other neurons, which keep firing up. So the voice will never stop. 
hence why my Tourette's was just was I was in my head my whole fucking life. I remember I used to spend like hours and hours and hours and hours just lying down, playing out situations in the past, things in the future, what I should have said, what I wanted to do. Just I lived in my head. It was almost like I don't need to be successful because in my head I've got the boat and the house and the cars. No joke. I remember, why do I need to do anything if I've got the boats in the house in my head? Because it felt so real, because I lived in my head. And now I don't think anymore. I I, I think about something what needs to be done, but I don't have that in constant dialogue of like, it's, I call it um, a commentator. It's just commentating. Why is she doing that? Oh, that's why. But, oh, okay. Honestly, you drive yourself to possession, literally. Mm. Mm-hmm. But... It's all relative, right? Because yes, have the conversations and no, just don't sit in your thoughts and ponder, but it's part of a holistic approach because there is a time also to sit with your thoughts and ponder. And there is a time to express immediate transparency. It's just like, I feel it can get very dangerous when we say things like so indefinitely because people forget that these practices are part of a holistic lifestyle. It's not just, oh, so-and-so said, speak transparency, so I need to say every word that comes into my mind. It's that paired with also meditation, so that when you are speaking transparently, you have another practice that's supporting that as well. So everything is being supported by another practice, and it works in a circle. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, yes. It's not, it's not just one thing, of course. It's yeah. it's many things. It's, you, you need the knowledge of why you're not, thinking or why you're speaking out loud and then you need to know you can't just say everything and then if they say shut up you keep going because you were told to keep talking it's like wisdom mixed with meditation because you need to get it out or process it but then don't process it again and it's subjected to what you're processing there's trying to work out how do I get move forward and then there's processing of wish I did that why does she do that oh I need to give it back to her next week or I need to call call Wendy there's different types of of voices i call it past voice future voice commentator things you need to do there's there's the different voices there's the past the future there's things you need to do there's the commentator and you have to go through each one like remove the past of like that's not relevant the future doesn't exist so stop talking about i need to have a do this and do that you're present and then you've got the commentator saying oh i need to do that don't ask yourself do i need to do that just fucking do it yeah pick it up rather than hear the voice go do i need to pick that up no do that afterwards okay fuck off remove that one as well and now, you, now you're left with just like the voice of what i call wisdom which is kind of guiding you like okay so you need to do this so you can do that okay now what okay well if you keep doing that then this will happen i listened to that voice in my head when i did my my parents three-year thing it was, you need to go into the loft and do that before they come home. Why? Because if they realise you're in there now, they won't, they'll know you're doing it, which means you won't be able to get away with it for as long as you do. Okay. So that was a good guidance because it was like, I was trusting my gut. I didn't know, I didn't know how it was going to plan out. I just had to trust my gut. And essentially my gut is translated into voice in the third person, which I'm following. Just like a P, a personal trainer saying, you need to do this and then you need to do that. Okay. But it was just me. Yeah, what I hear you're saying is like not always having to make the decision, but do do both or just don't think about it because at least this is what I believe. And this comes, me and my roommates, we have a lot of conversations about astrology signs and like 
oh, that's so Gemini, that's so whatever, and it somewhat kills me. But then it makes sort of sense because the Gemini is in my house. They're always super indecisive, and they're like, should it be this, should it be that? And me, I'm just like, it can be both, but just choose one, fail or succeed, and then you can always do the other. And it's like with your parents, you know, you bought your mom all the things. It wasn't like, no, you don't need that. Like, just be happy. You're like, okay, we can do both. You need to see all the things. I need you to, like, realize the happiness is within. It's the point when we're so stagnant that we don't make a decision because we're so scared that we might fail that we don't realize you have two possibilities. It's a 50-50, and the great thing is you get to do both of them. So it's actually a 100% chance of success. You don't. There is no option to fail. The only difference between failure and success is deciding to stop, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, it was like I took control so they would take control. So I wasn't taking control because I wanted to. If I took control, taught them how to have control, they would start to feel in control and notice when I'm taking control. So then they would say, don't do that. And I'll go, OK. So, again, it was like an illusion that I made them take control of of their lives by taking control of their lives. So I would move something. They say, stop moving that. OK, I would leave my shoes on the floor and they'd say can you Sorry. I'd leave my shoes on the floor and they'd say can you uh put them in the in the wardrobe okay so they feel powerful they're being heard I'm setting up those things but they feel like they're being heard my dad doesn't need nothing to do with my dad but they feel like he's listening and being heard. It's all about being heard. We're not, we don't feel like we're being listened to because no one's got the time to listen to you because everyone's got fucking problems. And going to the voice in your head, it's not an outcome. You can't speak to the voice in your head. It goes around in circles. So if you haven't got friends and family to speak to because they've got issues and they don't understand, you can't go to your head. Who do you go to? You write it down. You journal. You write it down. You, you know, you'd send the draft email. You're just getting it out in physical form you speak on a recording and you play it back but it's not about playing it back it's just releasing that in sound like one of my mentors when I was 19 she said you need to write your thoughts down she is one of my mentors in the early stage she said you need to write your thoughts down don't don't send it just write it down you need to see it and it's so it fucking works it works it literally works writing down your thoughts don't call up your boss and say you're a fucking idiot I'm not doing what you don't have a go at your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or whatever your friend about you being such a bitch and I don't like the fact you're doing this to me write it down on paper don't release it to them because it will come back you'll get that energy negative energy back write it down you'll feel good it'll be out now you look at it and respond rather than react so now you can be like okay I know she is going to be like that to me and say why are you wearing that skirt you're such a slut that's just her negative vibration because her parents might be negative towards her. That's not her fault. So therefore, I'm just not going to spend more time with her rather than when she says you're such a slug and you're fucking slug. How dare you talk to me? It's just getting out first so you can respond, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Responding and not reacting is definitely an art. Definitely takes some practice for sure. I think it's just it causes so much anxiety when you tell someone to wait and not respond it's like um i don't know everyone thinks everything should be decided so quickly everything should be you know with the technology we have and like the availability we make ourselves to each other 
when you're all of a sudden waiting to respond for like that draft to come out first, the reactive draft, so you can have an intentional response. It's like that waiting period of waiting for all the emotions to sift through. It can cause so much tension, especially in myself when I'm like practicing, okay, we're still reacting. This is still a reactive response and like still sifting and it feels so uncomfortable. And you see all these shades of yourself come out where you're like, wow, I'm kind of a bitch or wow, I'm pretty selfish or wow, I'm like, whatever. And finally, maybe like an hour goes by or maybe it's like a week and you're like, okay, now I have a response that is like intentional to say, but that waiting period, it can, it was, it's been really new for me at least, like thinking that I was super wise and I just always had the answer and I would react. And even though it wasn't like, ah, you're such a bitch, blah, 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 blah. It would still just be like what I what I felt right away, and usually as time would pass, I'd realize it wasn't true, and then I'd have the responsive um, response after. Was that waiting time makes you anxious, and it makes the other people anxious. I think also like I know with some of my partners when we're communicating, they're like, "Oh, I need to think about this," and like as the days go by it makes me like, what could they possibly be thinking about? Or da 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 it's just, it's a new, it's a practice that is so valuable, but I think easier said than done. It's true, like when people say, sleep on it, you listen to like programs and they say like exact, for example, Britain's Got Talent, right? They say, sleep on it. Simon can't make a decision, sleep on it. It's like, well, why do you need to sleep on it? Like clearly that is better, but that's what you think. It's their decision. And when you sleep, the universe resets. The sun goes in, the moon comes out. Everything starts again. So everything is different, right? So when you when you, when you you hear people say sleep on it or give me a few days, it's because you're impatient. You want the answer. But when you, as you get older, you realize that is a crucial, that, 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 that pause, that, that break is crucial. It's like how many relationships end up repairing because they have a little break? They just constantly... There, 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 argue, argue, there, there, divorce. No, have a little break. My parents actually had a break. I pushed my mum to go on holiday by herself for a week so she could miss my dad and my dad could miss her. It's all part of the psycholo- psychology of getting them to miss each other. Anyway, um, but yeah, I remember one time I wanted my father's approval. He was saying you, he didn't understand what was going on in my head of my ideas and my businesses and shit. And I saw this person at the gym it was this good-looking girl's dad, right? But he was dyslexic, and I was dyslexic or whatever. So I, I thought he would understand me because he's dyslexic, but my dad didn't. And so I was going to... I wrote out a Facebook message, a fucking long essay of a Facebook message, right? To this poor random person who I've been, like, idolising because I just want him to see me as a see me as like a son figure because my dad doesn't. I wrote this fucking long email. My mum called me for dinner. I came back upstairs, and I thought, Jesus Christ... Was I can't believe it's going to fucking send this. I can't believe I was going to send this. But the act of writing it out got me to process my emotion and feeling. So that pausing and reacting. Don't say it to your friend when it happens. Don't say it to your boss or your manager. Pause. There's a reason why they are doing that, why they said that. And that responding rather than reacting. I had to learn this. I speak like I'm a fucking pro. I am. But I had to, I have been... I have been in training and practicing for so long and discipline, right? I have to constantly, it's constant work when you want to be like a woke person. 
But all the stuff that I say, I had to do and it was hard and like learning to listen and not butting when someone's speaking. Like my dad used to speak to me and I said, always just, he goes, no, I'm finished yet, not finished yet. He said, no, you fucking wait there for 10 minutes. And what's interesting is once he's finished, I forgot what I was going to say because the answers come when you listen, but something triggers it off. If you just be patient, it comes. But yeah, writing down. So you can't say to your friends, hold one minute, get your phone out and write notes up. They're like, what are you doing? Just writing on my notes. What? What about this situation? Why? Well, because if if I responded, then we'll have a fight and I don't want that. So I'm just writing to my notes. But like fucking crazy woman. But what's interesting is that if you have to do that, they're not really your friends anyway. They're not really in harmony. If you've got to be like that, I look at it like this. They're not your energy. You shouldn't really be there. It's not you should learn to respond. It's if they don't understand in the first place, you're not in harmony. Like you can be friends with people because you like you play football together or tennis, but you're not really the same person. That's fine. But when you're with people based on like just connection and you have to dress differently or be differently, you're not in harmony. I had to say goodbye to friends who just judged me every time I I used to get done up really nicely, like wear a, a suit and stuff and look good because I felt good. And they used to be like, why are you wearing that for? Like, it was always knocking me and I felt shit. And then I just said goodbye to them. what you said when you listen there were so many times when I wanted to respond and as you kept talking I kind of touched on all the points I wanted to say I think that's just so much of your ego wanting to be heard um, and also I guess I don't know I don't really have anything to add to that <laughs> that's it like sometimes just Sometimes we feel the need to speak to be heard and sometimes we feel like we are heard by listening because we have answers where we're like relaxed. It's like, oh, it's like hit the nail on the head. Amen. There's nothing to say. So, yeah, being heard sometimes isn't about actually speaking. It's just about listening because then you get the answers which you think you're only going to get by speaking. It's like if you don't ask the questions, you don't get the answers. I found through experience of always being that person who never let the person finish, always interrupted, always had fucking millions of questions. Every like five seconds of them saying the next bit, it was a question. And then you would continue, it was a question. And then when I asked the question, there was more questions. So you never even got 10% through the initial thing they started to say. And it was an art I had to learn. Like I was a very active ADHD Tourette's obsessed kid. I was obsessed, like couldn't get anything out of my head. I'd just be play it over and over and over in my head. Like, wish I'd said that. Why didn't I do that? If only I'd done this and done this and done this and done this. If I left the house early, if I got up early, went to bed early, had a shit earlier. Um, it's so, it's, silence is powerful. Like when you were silent for say 15 seconds, I don't think I've done a podcast where anyone's being silent for that long. And that's okay. That is, silence is powerful. Like, I felt energy there. Like, you were processing something and working something. I was there, present and listening. You didn't have to say anything. Like, 
so many times people say something and I'm like, there's nothing to say because you just said it. Like, there's no questions. It's just peace. And it's just, you go into a meditative state. Um, and I find that questions are always answered if you wait. I really find that because I used to ask questions whilst they were answering. And I realized if I just let them speak, they are picking up my thoughts. It's interesting. They speak, a thought comes to my head. I'd ask and then they would not end up finishing the conversation. Whereas now I've realized if someone's speaking and I am thinking something, if I hold back because we're making eye contact, my thought is going into their eyes, into their brain, and they will then explain what I'm thinking. So they will give me all the answers as I think because they're picking up my thoughts and my energy. So their whole 10 minute rant about something is made up of what they were going to say, but also my thoughts because they're picking up the energy and the thoughts. So if I just listen, I know that you will answer every single thing that I need to know. And if, for example, they're getting towards the end and they haven't answered one thing, I find that if you just focus on them, they will say it. It's almost like if you, it's almost like if you focus on, yeah basically if one listens one gets the answers because when somebody's speaking it's like a, it's like a, it's like a like a piano conversation goes up hits the peak and then it goes down we are going somewhere you can't just speak in five minutes yeah People say, God, can you just get it over with? And I'm like, mum, I can't explain to you in 10 seconds because you don't want to listen or because you're too busy doing something. I have to explain it in the time that it needs to be explained. Then it could be five minutes. It could be 10. I don't fucking know. I have to build up, get to where I'm going to be so you understand it and then go up and then go down. It takes time. Mm. Mm, this comes to a quote that I thought of yesterday. And I'm quoting myself because I'm. <laughs> but um, a teacher is patient and they don't share all the information with just anyone. They wait for the student to ask the right questions. So if you have people coming to you and they're just sitting there like, tell me everything, they're never going to listen because they have no intention, they have no direction. But a teacher that will sit there and be silent and wait for the student to curiously and genuinely ask questions that is relevant to them, then you share. You don't just you don't just talk to talk and like hope that someone catches on to it. That's wasting your breath, that's wasting their time. It's like, you know, when the student's ready, they'll ask the right questions and they'll most of the time answer it as well. And there's this great saying I from Ram Das, he's like, you know, the fact that you're nodding as I speak, it shares, it shows that I'm not telling you anything new. It means it's a knowing inside of you that you're agreeing with, because you can't agree with something that you didn't know. So it's kind of like having a teacher that can unravel the information before you, but there's like this super deep inner consciousness, this like oneness that I think we're all on the same tip, the collective consciousness. But yeah, see, you're nodding as I speak because it's resonating. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I get this. I know this. It's something where it's like, this is familiar. I'm not saying anything totally extravagant. No one ever can. There's no original thoughts anymore. We're all just in a state of remembering, remembering the most ancient teachings that were ever bestowed upon our soul, not our DNA, but like that energetic body. It's, 
makes it a little, it makes it feel easier for me when I'm like, okay, everyone knows. Everyone's just a little delusional right now. We just need to remind them. And it makes it seem like every conversation is now approachable. Like you can connect with any person knowing that there's something inside of them where we resonate on the same tip. And I just need to find that chord to like make my language be heard and hopefully they'll ask the right question. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's you. It's like if I said to you, think of a song. You don't. There's so many songs you could think of that you can't think of one. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I said, tell me a neo song with a Rihanna mix, it's specific, so you can say, you know, this, this, and this, and then you can sing it because you've got the songs in your head. A teacher, if it's children ask a teacher, tell me this, like, what country is next to America? Mexico. It's out, back, out, back, bang, bang, sperm, egg, yin, yang, you know, positive, negative, sun, night, day, you know, it's all about going out and coming back. If you, if a student says, tell me everything, well, what the fuck does that mean? You, like, you need to have, you know, as you evolve, your energy increases, your knowledge increases. When you learn that, it connects to that. And when you learn that, it connects to that. If you ask that question, it's because the question before was, was that. And so you will now want to go to there. So I can give you the answer and you've evolved. You've gone, you've gone up the step. Whereas if you said, tell me everything, it's like, what, what, where the fuck are you in your life? Have you like, like, where are you? Like, do you know what enlightenment is? Have you, is your bedroom tidy? Do you forgive people? You're angry. What do you want me to do? Tell you to start eating clean and drinking clean? Like, no, you're just going to go and drink Red Bull. Like you always have been. Right. But if I, if you said to me, tell me why I should drink water, because I'm, realizing that Red Bull's really bad for you and then you explain and then we get the answer and it's like you know what I knew that Red Bull was really bad I need to start drinking now you are ready it's like when you come on stage you're by the curtains you're not out the back oh hang on a sec hang on and you shut the curtains again shut the curtains again no you're by the curtains ready to come on stage the curtains open you're ready to sing you're not out the back farting around you know where the fuck is he oh shut the curtains again same thing you're ready to learn that next thing you're ready to perform you're ready to get the answers um yeah but so many people they want to start already on stage in front of the curtain they don't want to walk up the steps they don't want to like get ready put their suit on they just want to know what does it feel like to just be there and it's like well first have you drank water today like the most simplest of steps people just want to know like they want to know everything they want to know like what is enlightenment what does it feel like what does it taste like it's like who fucking cares? You're not going to get there if you're still drinking your Red Bull, waking up every morning and scrolling through Instagram. It's like small steps. Otherwise, you're going to build this foundation of a house on a lily pad and your house is going to sink if you don't like get a solid foundation. It doesn't matter what wisdom anyone drops on you. It's just going to sink to the bottom. Yeah, I see myself. I've always seen myself like preaching to like millions of people and I was like well I don't need to be doing all these small steps and speaking to three people in Leicester Square for example in London if I can go and talk to millions and make millions of pounds I didn't realize that even though that's where you're going to be you have to go through the steps there is no shortcut you have to meet him who knows him you have to meet him who hires you to speak and there's other speakers you've got other events and you go there eventually you make enough money through being paid to speak you hire your own event i know i'm going to be there the mistake i made which 
wasn't a mistake because it was all meant to be. I had to go through this journey. Like I believe if you do something, you're meant to do it. And if you don't, then you also were supposed to learn something, right? But I have to go through this process of what I call the pubs and the bars. This is the pubs and the bars right now, speaking to one, speaking to one person at the pub, okay? And then I start doing like big events. I have to go through the process, no matter how wise I am, it doesn't matter. I have to go through the steps. One doesn't connect to seven. One connects to two, two connects to three, three to four, four, five to, you know, and then seven. There is no jump. I have to walk that walk. And I realized that, and I'm doing that right now. You're my 70, 75th podcast, and I started podcasting about two months ago. I realized I have no choice but to start from scratch. Even though I'm at the top in my mind, I have to physically take those steps because most people, they learn through physical and then they get there. These days with everything online, you can learn from all the wise people at the top without doing the work. Whereas those people didn't have YouTube. They had to learn physically along the way. So that's the mistake these days where we see the shortcut. We do not realize how much work it took. It's like rich parents. Your dad's giving you everything you've wanted, Xboxes, bikes and cars. So you think money grows in trees. You don't realize the fucking stress and the hard work your parents had to put in in the early stages whilst you were just playing your Xbox. And growing up, I realized that. But things take time. You say you're going to make a million quid. That's a figure. To make fucking 10 grand is hard. To make three grand is hard. Let alone a fucking million quid. It takes physical work. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, preaching to the choir, I know. But I mean, that's why you have to enjoy your journey. You have to truly love the thing that you're doing because once you get there, it's like, hey, now you're there. Now what? You're only going to give yourself another obstacle. So, like, enjoy the process. And in yoga, I say, like, why do you want to nail this pose so badly in three months? You know, once you nail it, there's just another pose now. And now you don't have, like, the beauty of learning something, of having something to devote yourself to and get better at, it's done, okay? Now you just have to do another thing. So slowly, slowly, that's something we say here at Oblong all the time. Like, I'm trying to live each day blissfully and productively and giving back in service as though I am retired and I am happy and I have time because I do have time. And whether I want to spend all that time in a year and like blow it up or if I want to spend it out over five, for me, my first purpose is peace. And then it's like all the other things. But if I'm not peaceful, it doesn't matter how successful I am. So I'm not trying to sacrifice any years of my life for anything. I think each day is such a gift and you shouldn't go through it stressed for eight or nine hours ever. It's my own personal theory, but I... I just feel we take days for granted. We take hours like, oh, I'll just need to sacrifice this one week and then it'll be whatever. It's like, I don't know. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I have another call. I don't mean to cut you off so shortly, but um, just to finish that thought. No, that was the whole thought. Okay. Quickly plug, quick, quickly plug anything you want to plug. Plug. Website, social media, yoga website, whatever. Oh, I'm Sierra Life. Um, that's my Insta handle. I 
work here in Toronto at the Oblong Yoga House. Also our handles, we do a bunch of online classes, meditation, cannabis, yoga, alignment, dharma talks, all this shit, spiritual and entrepreneurship. That's what I'm all about. Cool, right. I'm going to press stop and say goodbye, okay? Wait there. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to, so go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.